Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And welcome to episode 334 of Geeked Out Radio. I am back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. So uh, what have you been up to the last week or so? Well, apart from other things I'm watching, like Walking Dead and uh, Euphoria, which finished about a week ago or a couple of weeks ago or so, most of the shows I'm watching, in fact, all of the shows basically I'm watching are on Apple. (laughs) They just keep pulling me into their great content, I suppose. I've got the uh, Apple shows all beginning with S. Um, There's actually (laughs) four shows that begin with S as well, because there's also C, which is not on at the moment. So they've got C, Severance, Servants, and Suspicion, all beginning with S. <laughs> yeah. The thing I want to point out first is uh, Suspicion. The plot of this show basically is there is this young teenager and he gets kidnapped in this hotel. There's these five main characters. Two of them are uh, Raj from Big Bang Theory and Simmons from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I yes. can't remember their actual names, uh, but those are both in those shows. Kunal Nayar and mm-hmm. who's from Big Bang and Elizabeth Henstridge from um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it's interesting though, because obviously she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is obviously drama focused, but the other guy was Raj, obviously in Big Bang, which is a very different tonal kind of thing. Yes. And he looks obviously very different he's there. A, but he's those, a great those, actor though he was in um, the Netflix series Criminal oh the interview thing yeah. yeah the interview thing he was in that as well yeah I never got around to that that was the third one wasn't it mm. I think yeah where that Kit Harrington was there as well so but yeah there's these five suspects they're the ones who get the kidnap sort of pinned on them you don't know whether they have or haven't actually done it it doesn't seem like they have but obviously that might be part of the trick and there's a whole bunch of like twists and turns in this whole sort of espionage type of thriller sort of show now interestingly enough i was scrolling through like the information on the show i watched the trailer and all that and it says at the bottom because it's got like other recommendations or related shows obviously to keep you on the platform so that if you finish the show you can watch other things yeah and it says apple 
lists are Homeland, Mosquito Coast, 24, and Defending Jacob as related shows. So I looked at that before I started episode one, which obviously a few weeks ago. I was like, okay, all of those shows are up my alley, obviously 24 being my still my favorite show. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I'll give this a go. And it's very much in that wheelhouse, that sort of espionage type of thing. Obviously, all those shows have their different types of plots and things like that, but it's that type of show. And yeah, they basically, these, these five people go on the run and try to escape from the, the situation, so to speak. I can't get too much more into it because of spoilers and stuff. Uh, we've actually had almost all the episodes apart from this week's episode is the season finale, so we've gotten there already. Uh, it's a really, really good show. It's really quite intense at certain points and the chase scenes and the main group that's trying to keep track of these people, how they sort of try and chase them and that sort of stuff. And there's also this one particular guy in the group who is like actually quite skillful at doing this sort of thing and he kind of ends up with the group and uh, that's some interesting twists and turns there because it kind of goes in a direction you might not expect but he's sort of a bit more trained for this whole thing Mm -hmm. so that's really interesting but I'm really really enjoying the show at the moment and there's one episode left have you seen any of this at all? I haven't got to it yet but it it did pique my interest it's actually based on an Israeli show called False Flag and I believe Homeland was based on an Israeli show as well if I remember correctly so yeah I this does sound really quite interesting. The cast is really good because, I mean, you mentioned mm. uh, Kuan Niar and Elizabeth Henstridge in there. It's got Lydia West in there as well, who is one of the ones that's been tipped as another possible Doctor Who person because she was in years and years and it's a sin. Which part? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I know who you talk about. Yeah. Uh, Mandip, um, Gil, Mandip Gill is in there, who is the current Doctor Who companion. Um, mm-hmm. Ian McKelney is in there, who was in Game of Thrones. You've got uh, Uma Thurman, which, I mean, is one of the bigger names in there and uh, Noah Emmerich is in there who is one of those guys that pops up in things and you go I know that face uh, <laughs> he's, he's been in uh, the Americans he was in but he's been in a ton of movies he was in Truman Show as well he played the best friend in the Truman Show yeah he's wonderful really really good cast they've got for that so I'm definitely um, going to check that out at some point I keep on forgetting to go on Apple and look yeah. stuff up but yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, the episode's about 45 minutes each there's currently seven of them there's going to be the finale on Friday or late Thursday however you decide so that's been really good uh, the other shows Severance which I think you've said to me that you'd started as well at some point yeah I've only seen um, the first episode so far but yeah so that was really good I think they're about five in now four or five in roughly yeah. it's still getting weird and very kind of um, theory heavy and that sort of thing what I'm going to try and do from now on though is because I watched Servant and then the next show I watched was Severance and I found that to be not a great experience because they're both very like weird mystery yeah. theory driven show so watching those back to back didn't quite work so what I might do is wedge another show in between that because otherwise it's two very very similar things back to back that you need a bit of time to sort of process and think about so Mm -hmm. but it's still been very very good just you know the weird stuff that's going on in that place and uh, again the the, the idea of like you get in this elevator and your mind changes there's a few points where sort of like something happens at the workplace and Mark is told like hey you have to leave now and it's quite well played by I think it's Alan Scott's the main guy in the show and he he's like having one set of emotions obviously from what's going on he gets into the elevator and he's still having those emotions and then sort of mid-scene because you hear the little tick thing of the elevator it makes like a noise and then his face like completely changes because obviously that version of himself has no idea about what's just happened yeah and then he speaks to like the receptionist guy he's like hey good night see you tomorrow and it's quite sort of like wow that was that was pretty good it's really 
interesting flipping back and forth. If you haven't seen Severance yet, the basic premise is that he works at a company that in order to sort of protect the stuff that's going on at the business, they go through yeah. a severance procedure which separates their work memories from their non-work memories. So they get into an elevator and they forget their home life and only remember their work life. And then when they come back down the elevator, they forget their work life and only remember their home life. So you have this really odd change as they kind of go up and down in this elevator and and that makes for some sort of very interesting things going on between the characters because obviously some of them meet each other in real life and don't realize it or you know in home life yeah they don't realize each other is yeah i really like the first episode it's um directed by ben stiller quite a lot of it but it's not really a comedy it's not i mean it's got comedic moments in it but it's not really a comedy it's much stranger than that it's a wonderfully odd series yeah that's been really really good and then the other one is a servant as well which has just been incredible week to week that show just continues to blow my mind every single week just with what's going on with the the baby and the continuous strained relationship between Leanne and Dorothy and I really like the, the the sort of pacing of the show because it sort of it does some like stretch of gentle scenes where it eases you into something and then you think something weird's gonna happen like any second now the show's just building up to it and it's use of camera shots and the way the music kind of trickles in and out to tell you like something weird's gonna kind of happen and then mm-hmm. pretty much every episode they managed to end it with quite a shocking thing and I was looking through like the bonus content and stuff for the show and there was this video I think it was all the way back from season one where it was called working with M night or something like that and it has like these little clips of interviews with some of the cast and uh, it was quite different to actually hear their real voices because some of them have got very different accents yes which uh, which I didn't realize especially uh, Neil Tugger free she's got a very different sort of accent which was good but they were complimenting M night and everything which was good to see there's two really interesting points that he made one of which is sort of I want to tell a story with like every shot and it's like okay it's, it's pretty much what everybody's kind of been feeling like you sort of analyze every camera shot every sort of little piece of music that builds up to something and he also said he really likes the idea of the the 30 minute thriller which is basically what the show is yeah it's good to get a bit of um insight for him as well i remember when the season came back they released the first episode and they did a sort of couple minutes breakdown at the end i wanted them to do that every week actually because i was really interested in what m night had to say about his own episodes mm-hmm. uh, but then they didn't do that after episode one so but it was just it's interesting to hear the insight from you know the person that made the show and everything so yeah it's just incredible that they've gotten i think there's about two episodes left of this third season and just how much leverage they've got out of one house is amazing like several hours of content and stuff and it's really really quite good i I, I would probably say it's the best thing on tv at the moment like currently airing i mean i really really was enjoying euphoria obviously that's finished now that was really good so yeah brilliant stuff with servant i really look forward to every friday and it's like a you know that event type of thing where you think about it kind of all week and yeah you sort of settle down for the episode it's uh, really good so anyway that's what i've been up to david how about yourself a couple of games i've been playing through one of them is two point hospital which i've recently gone back to which basically we were talking about this a little bit with uh, bex when she was on and i kind of got hungry to go back and play it for a little bit they have got a new dlc which is dropping well by the time this podcast goes out it actually drops on tuesday so uh, the, they will have a new dlc which is kind of adding an entirely new kind of gameplay dynamic it's called speedy recovery but if you've not played 
two-point hospital. If you've ever played the old theme hospital games, it's essentially it is a very much an updated version of that where you're building and managing a hospital and there's lots of like wonderful, strange, weird diseases that people come in with and you've got to buy equipment to be able to cure people of these specific illnesses and stuff. But I've been playing back through that again and uh, that's been really, really fun because there's a whole ton of DLC they've released adding extra new bits thing and there's like a sort of Bigfoot thing and they've added extra islands because the idea is that you go through each hospital you can kind of get three stars in that hospital and then you can go and try and build up another hospital which has got a slightly different set of problems really been enjoying that that's been really good fun there was another game that I actually played through and completed called The Forgotten City which has got a whole bunch of awards it was nominated for a BAFTA for Game of the Year as well it's a really interesting little story driven thing and very much driven by the narrative essentially you start out in modern day kind of pulled out of this river you meet this woman on the riverbank and she said oh thank god you're alive i pulled you and your friend out and she's like i don't you you've not really got much memory so you're like i don't remember having a friend with me and said oh yeah he was going to look for help there's an old ruin just up the road he went that way can you go and find him so you go off towards this ruin And as you enter it, you end up getting sent back 2,000 years into the past. And you're in this lost Roman city, which is underground, and you're stuck in there. And it has this thing called the Golden Rule, which basically says if anybody sins, everybody gets turned into golden statues. And what your job is, is as you're going into the ruin, you're you're sort of surrounded by golden statues. So clearly, as you're seeing in the future, some Somebody had broken the rules. So you go back and you tell the person who's running this that like uh, actually I'm from the future and somebody obviously broke the rule because there's golden statues everywhere. So he's like, well, you need to find out who. So that's pretty much what you're there to do is you going around trying to figure out who is the person that broke the golden rule that collapsed this city. Although it has this time loop thing going on. So if you mess up, you can run back the portal and it will start at the beginning of the day again but you retain all the knowledge of the things that you did so you're going through this scenario multiple times each learning a little bit more and sometimes you actually want to force the day to end because you need something to happen so you will like nick something which is obviously breaking the rule because you've stolen something so that will force everybody to turn to gold and you run back and start the day over again it's brilliantly constructed there are apparently four different endings i've only seen two of them and it wasn't that long i think it was about 20 hours to get through the whole thing but really really enjoyed it it's a very very well constructed story i was a bit concerned that the whole time loop thing might become a bit wearing but the the way they utilize it and there's a mechanism in place so you're not having to go and do everything you did last time you there's a guy that you meet as you kind of walk out and said you know go and take this to this person go and take this to this person you know so there is a mechanism in place so you've not got to kind of run around doing everything you did last time 
It's just very, very well put together. It's called The Forgotten City. It's been out since July last year, so it's been out quite a while, but uh, a really nice little game. Very, very well worth picking up. It's only £20 on Steam, Hmm. so, you know, it it is definitely worth one going to pick up if you've not played through it. Have you heard of a game called uh, 12 Minutes? Because it sounds quite similar to that. Yes, I have. I've not played it, but yes. That's on uh, Xbox Game Pass. I remember playing it a couple of months ago or so. Um, The premise for that game is because it's got William Defoe, Daisy Ridley and uh, James McAvoy mm-hmm. and you start off in this front room type area there's like a kitchen bathroom bedroom this little house kind of thing and the William Defoe character comes and knocks on your door and he says that your wife needs to be arrested for something she seemingly has no clue what it's for and it's up to you to kind of figure out what's going on and try to make it so that your wife doesn't get killed or arrested and so that you don't get killed or arrested there's lots of different like loops to go through and, and all that kind of thing and obviously it's it's 12 minutes per yeah. per thing uh, that was that was quite a good uh, game to play through it sounds sounds a bit similar to what you were talking about like with the time loop stuff and everything yeah so yeah that was that was really good yeah i really like the setting of it there's some historical stuff about you can look at some of the artifacts that are laying around and it'll tell you little bits about them so there's a little bit of history in there as well and it's it's just very nicely done and um yeah really enjoy playing through that i'm i'm probably not going to play through the other two endings i'll probably go and look them up but uh, because i think i probably got the better ending out of all of them so uh Mm. very much enjoy playing through that though that was really good on the tv side marvelous mrs Maisel had its finale this week because they've been releasing two episodes a week for that so uh, that has now got all eight episodes of the season up it's been brilliant this season once again i really really enjoyed it sort of midge picking up after the shy baldwin tour all fell apart on her and she's been very stubborn in how she manages her career after that whole thing she's basically said I'm not going to be an opening act for anybody I don't care who it is and there are a couple of occasions where she gets offered something which is on the surface seems really spectacular and you're like why aren't you doing it but she's rigidly got this thing in her head of no I'm not doing that it's an opening act for somebody I want control of my own career and the finale episode has this really interesting conversation in it between her and Lenny Bruce played brilliantly by Luke Kirby and has this wonderful conversation between the pair of them in it where he talks to her about it and uh, it's just really well cast it's very funny there's also a, a, a thing where Abe her father accidentally ends up in a um, you know they're obviously they're all Jewish and Abe her father accidentally ends up in a Catholic church and <laughs> which is just a wonderful scene but incredibly well written incredibly funny it's sort of setting things up for the fifth and final season which presumably will be next year. I love that show. I think the writing's brilliant. I think it's superbly put together and it's on um, Amazon. It's from the same people that did the Gilmore Girls. And there is a lot of that kind of very fast, quick fire humour going on in there and it suits it so well, but it's just brilliant, that series. So I've been very much enjoying that. The other thing on Amazon was Upload, which returned for its second season. That's seven episodes this time around. And I actually haven't quite watched the final episode yet, but I've seen the rest of it that's been great it's an interesting change from the first season slightly because of the fact that the first season was very much setting up the world upload if you haven't seen it it 
It's the idea that when somebody dies, they can choose to have their consciousness uploaded into this digital afterlife, but it's really a thing for the rich. And this person called Nathan, played by Robbie Amell, dies, and his girlfriend, who is incredibly rich, uploads him to the afterlife, kind of without his consent, basically. Mm. The first season was wonderful and really well put together. The second season, I am enjoying as well, although there's a little less messing around with the world environment as there was in the first season. It's a little more kind of digging into the background of the story of uh, if you've seen the first season, there is something nefarious that actually got him into the afterlife in the first place. So it's a bit more about that and him starting to rebel a bit more as well and the relationship between him and what they call the angels who are the real world people that go in and are essentially the sort of concierges of this world that pop up and help them. There's more of that sort of stuff going on. There's also a thing that is relating to privacy in that world as well, which comes up, which is is a really interesting sort of subversive stuff. But have you caught any of the second season of that yet? No, I didn't see the, the first season yet. Oh, so, yeah. Um, no, but it's one I need to go and watch, mm. I think. So I know that you and uh, I think you and Robert talked about it before, didn't you? Um, yeah. You both said that you enjoyed it. Very, very much so. It's has from- Grace, has uh, Grace seen that? I can't remember. I think Grace seen that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's from Greg Daniels, who is the other person that was involved in Parks and Recreation with uh, and Michael Saw, of course, being the guy that the good mm-hmm. place. So it was very weird cool. when, because the, he, Michael Saw comes out with the good place, which is about the afterlife, and Greg came out with this, which is also about the afterlife, although in a slightly mm-hmm. different way. So yeah. um, it's not quite up there with the good place, but it, it's still a very, very solid comedy, and it's got a good bunch of people involved in it as well. So definitely worth watching. The other thing I watched was The Witchfinder, which is on BBC Two. It's set in 1645. It's a comedy. It's got Tim Key and Daisy May Cooper in the two lead roles. Tim Key is the sidekick Simon on the Alan Partridge various shows. And uh, Daisy May Cooper is from this country. Essentially, what they do is he's playing the witch finder. She's playing a woman who's being accused of being a witch. And the idea is that it's sort of a road trip with the pair of them. However, the first episode is is really about them meeting and him accusing her and sort of setting up the characters and stuff. It was disappointing, that first episode, because it's got a lot of brilliant people involved in it, and it really should be much better than it is. It just doesn't quite land as well as it should do. The people that are written and directed it, Neil and Rob Gibbons, who are two of the people behind all the Alan Partridge stuff, and also worked on Veep, you know, so they've got a great track record. Tim Key has got a good track record, so is Daisy May Cooper. There's nothing wrong with them being cast in it. I just, I don't know why it doesn't quite work and I mean you've got people like Ricky Tomlinson in there and Jessica Hines is in there and Reese Shearsmith so there's some really good names but I don't know it just doesn't quite land as well as you would expect it to which is unfortunate I want to see the second episode of it I haven't actually gone and watched it yet but I was slightly underwhelmed by the first episode I'm kind of wondering if once they get on the road with those two characters and it is just the pair of them, if it's a bit more of a two-hander, whether that will work better. But that first episode fell a bit flat for me. So we'll see. I I don't want to sort of judge it too much on just the one episode. So I'll watch some more of it and, and see what I think when I come back to it. 
Two big trailers dropped this week as well. Obi-Wan and not wishing to be outdone, although it's very difficult to try and top an Obi-Wan trailer. But uh, they also released the trailer for Strange New Worlds, the new Star Trek show as well. Yeah, both very teaser heavy, which yes. obviously is the idea. It's just interesting to see that I think it was May 5th for Star Trek and we haven't got Paramount Plus and probably won't by that point. Uh, mm-hmm. by the sounds of things but at least we'll be able to watch the Star Wars show I'm probably more excited for the Obi-Wan show just because the whole Darth Vader stuff and there's a bit more of like a, a thing there but I'm I'm quite looking forward to, to that one as well I also did watch the Better Call Saul trailer which yes. uh, which was very also very good but no the Star Trek one was, was pretty good it's just I mean I think we I feel like we know a bit more about the Obi-Wan stuff than we do about the Star Trek stuff but they were still both very very good trailers I also watched the uh, third season trailer for the boys which was quite wild yes um, um, Jensen Eccles looks really good in yeah. that because his character almost looks like a Captain America, basically. Well, yeah, it kind of is. Yes. Yeah. So that was those are all very, very good trailers. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of really decent trailers that dropped this week. Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I am really looking forward to seeing that cast back because it is the, great, yeah. the sort of Anson Mantis, Christopher Pike, and you've got Ethan Peck back as Spark, and so it's that crew of the Enterprise. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with that. And the trailer seems to be sort of implying that after the events of Discovery, where Pike sort of discovers what his future is, he seems to have taken a little bit of time off and has grown his beard and is sort of dealing with struggling with that stuff and then gets kind of pulled back in onto the Enterprise for a mission. So I think that looks like it's going to be quite interesting Mm -hmm. as a show. Obi-Wan, of course, everybody is very much waiting for. The trailer for that looks great. They've introduced the uh, live-action Inquisitors for the first time, which are from the animated series, including their rather unique spinning lightsabers, which look amazing in live action as well. So that looks like it's going to be really fun and interesting. Somebody pointed out, you had Boba Fett, that series. We -hmm. didn't need to all be based on Tatooine and seemingly was mainly based on Tatooine. And now you've got an Obi-Wan series, which you'd think is all based on Tatooine because that's where it was. And it looks like it isn't. He's going to be going off to different planets. That seems a bit backwards, but, <laughs> you know, fine, mm. whatever. We just don't want too many long desert shots of people travelling through the desert. Yes. Because uh, that slowed things down a bit. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. So that should yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be really, really good. You've got Hayden Christensen coming back at Darth Vader. You've got Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Pless, who are both replacing their roles as uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Other cast was Rupert Friend from Homeland, Kumail Nijani from... From Silicon Valley, Sun Kang from Power. Yeah, you've got some good people in there. So it, that's mm-hmm. that's going to be pretty solid. That's coming on the 25th of May to Disney+. Plus. If you're wondering why that's not May the 4th, which of course is Star Wars Day, 25th of May is the anniversary of the original films coming out. So that's why they've done it then okay. rather than May the 4th. Yeah. Although I suspect we might get something on May the 4th, whether it's a longer trailer or something, I don't know. But... Um, Mm. Strange New Worlds, as you mentioned, 5th of May, it's due to launch, but the latest I'm hearing on Paramount Plus is it's supposed to be launching in June. There is a possibility that they might do what they did with Discovery and stick it out on Pluto TV. They could do that. Or the other option might be they just say, you know, by May, hopefully, we'll know 
if they're going to launch in June. And if they are going to launch in June and they say, say they're going to launch in say June 5th, then they could just say, okay, well, we're launching it next month. So we're not going to put it anywhere else, but we'll drop all the episodes that have aired so far on June, whatever it is. And then the rest of it will go out weekly. So you could do it that way. It's just slightly annoying. They haven't managed to get everything lined up Mm -hmm. unless they do manage to launch it in May, which is possible. I mean, that would make the most sense, but June is what I'm hearing at the moment although we were told that they were aiming for earlier in the year and that slipped so i mean who knows they have mm. said summer the official word is summer 2022 but mm. halo's uh next week isn't it yes next, i believe next so. friday something like that yeah yeah so there we go that's another one that we're not going to get on time mm. unfortunately it's funny because when disney plus launched it was like oh we have mandalorian and decades worth of disney films and that was fine i mean we all love the mandalorian but it wasn't a lot of original content mm-hmm. But there is actually quite a lot that Paramount Plus could have launched with, like all these Star Trek shows and Halo and everything like that. There's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Cause like Picard just came back and Halo's coming out and Strange New Worlds is like in a couple of months. So it's sort of the opposite situation. Yeah. Plus yeah. There's, a, there's a pile of CBS stuff which hasn't aired over here as well, which you mm-hmm. could have put on there. And so... Yeah, it's a little weird, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get some official word on when they're actually going to launch that soon. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations, although they're not particularly huge ones. The Babysitter's Club on Netflix has been cancelled after two seasons, which I think was a comedy, drama, dramedy thing. And Mindy Caitlin's Never Have I Ever not cancelled. It's actually been renewed for a full season, but they've also said the fourth season will be the final season. That's also a Netflix show as well. So Netflix has its axe out again, as it tends to do. Is that the woman that did the uh, Mindy project? Yes. It okay, is. Yeah, I thought I recognised the name. Yeah. yeah. Renewals, Power Book 4, Force, that has been renewed for a second season at Stars, which doesn't come as a huge shock. Judy Justice, which is a show on IMDb TV, has been renewed for a second season. Grownish has been renewed for a fifth season by Freeform. That goes out on Disney Plus over here. And Vikings Valhalla has officially been renewed for seasons two and three. Well, kind of. It said that a lot of the headlines include hours was saying oh it's renewed for two more seasons it was actually originally ordered for 24 episodes so what they're really saying is those 24 episodes are going to be split into three seasons of eight uh, <laughs> that's that's basically okay. what they're saying so it, it had already been ordered for for three seasons but that's how they're going to split it up in actual fact the production on the second season has already wrapped 
and that's going to land or the photography has anyway so that's going to land in 2023 because there's obviously post-production to do on that and the third season begins filming this spring so they're actually going to go out pretty quickly you know they're not going to be like two-year gaps or anything they're going to go out 2023 2024 so they are going to go out yearly but they have got 24 episodes lined up they are definitely doing at least three seasons of it hopefully it gets renewed for more after that but we'll have to see yeah it was apparently pre-ordered for 24 episodes which i hadn't realized in pickups and other news peacemaker finally has a uk premiere date 22nd of march that's landing on sky max and now it's going to be at 10 p.m so shouldn't be cut or anything because i mean that would not be a good idea to try and cut that show because it is really violent in places i mm-hmm. mean comedy violence in the same way that sort of the boys is really if you liked the yeah. gore in the boys you'll love peacemaker because it, it is just wonderfully fun and silly i think they did a wonderful job with that show i really do i'm glad that it's got picked up and it's going to get some UK viewers now couple of other pickups you've got professionals which is an interesting little one because it's not an american show it's a co-production between ireland and south africa randomly wow but it's got a bunch of american stars in it i think the cw have picked it up in the us but i think we're actually getting it before they do because i don't think it's gone out there yet it's called professionals it follows a character called vincent corbo played by tom welling a top tier security operative who is paid to protect the interests of the rich and powerful by any means necessary, legal or not. After a next-gen medical satellite explodes on launch, Corbo is hired by the rocket's designer, billionaire futurist Peter Swan, played by Brendan Fraser, who suspects sabotage. Complicating Corbo's new gig is his former paramour and now Swan's fiance, medical visionary Dr. Grace Devella, played by Eleanor Anya, who is racing to help stave off a global catastrophe. So those are the kind of three main leads the big headlines being the fact that it's Tom Welling and Brendan Fraser in there. I mean, really decent cast that they've found. And I don't know what the production quality is like, but the fact that they've shot it in South Africa and Ireland is really quite interesting. And it's a co-production between those people. And it seems to have been an independent show, not a studio show. So I don't know whether this will end up being a one-off or whether they'll get a second season of it or what. But um, it's called Professionals. It's airing on Wednesday, the 30th. 30th of March at 9pm on 5 Action. 5 Action being the channel that was formerly known as Paramount, but they changed the name of it not to be confusing it with Paramount Plus. So uh, mm-hmm. it's now called 5 Action. But uh, I, I think that sounds like it could be quite a fun sort of action-filled drama by the looks of it. Possibly, yeah. yeah. If you like big explodey things, that, that sounds like it could be quite a good one. The other one that's been picked up is Hacks, which is a multi-award winning show from HBO Max. Season one is being picked up by Prime Video from the 1st of April, and it explores the dark mentorship that forms between Deborah Vance, played by Jean Smart, the legendary Las Vegas comedian who's trying to salvage her waning career, and Ava, played by Hannah Einbender, who is an entitled outcast 25-year-old television writer who who's effectively being cancelled because of an insensitive tweet. And the pair of them basically find each other and she's trying to revive her career. They've got this sort of writer who is very disenfranchised and down because of the fact that she's been cancelled. And they try to raise each other's game somewhat reluctantly. It's been nominated and won a huge number of awards, particularly for Jean Smart in the lead role as uh, Deborah Vance. 
I think that is definitely going to be one to go and check out. Friday the 1st of April on Prime Video, and it's called Hacks. Interestingly, it is a show which is a HBO show and NBC Universal with a studio behind it. So you kind of would have thought that would have ended up on Sky, but apparently not. It's been sold to Prime Video. Huh. So, yes. Yeah, I do like Jean Smart quite a lot. She was the one from uh, 24 and uh, Watchmen, wasn't yes. she? She was. Yeah, she's really good. I think I've heard some things about this before. It's quite good in that. Yeah. Might be one to look out for. Yes, definitely think it, it will be one to look out for. As I say, it's picked up a whole stack of awards like Emmys, Golden Globes. If you name it, it's picked it up. Uh, Writers Guild Awards, Actors Guild Awards. So, I mean, it's certainly got a lot of pedigree to live up to. I hope it's really good. By the sounds of it, it is. But... With Mrs. Maisel ending, this could be quite a good thing to step in because there's a sort of, you know, it's stand-up comedy drama sort of thing. So I think that could be quite decent. A couple of other things announced this week as well. Bosch Legacy, which is the sort of continuation show, which really sounds like it was done as a tax dodge because they ended the main Bosch show, which was on Prime Video, and then IMDb TV picked up this thing called Bosch Legacy, which has three of the characters out of the main show, including the lead and he's sort of carrying them on into this new show. So it, it's sort of boshed by another name, essentially. Friday the mm. 6th of May, that is starting, and that airs on IMDb TV. So it's free, which is great, but it'll have ad breaks in it, which is kind of annoying, but it's free. So you don't need a Prime Video subscription to watch it, although if you know the original show, you have a Prime Video subscription, presumably. But if you like the original, then that's one to look out for. And the um. Umbrella Academy finally has a release date for season three. That is coming June 22nd. It's a Wednesday on Netflix. They released a couple of uh, bits and pieces, like little shots of the uh, it's the Sparrow Academy, isn't it? The one that they kind of bumped into when they landed and it wasn't entirely clear what was going on. So mm-hmm. uh, they've got that coming. That's on June 22nd. I'm very much looking forward to that because the two seasons of that have been brilliant, I thought. Mm-hmm. Somebody was pointing out with June how good of a month it is because you've got Lightyear which obviously I'm very much looking yeah. forward to you've got The Boys Season 3 this and the next Jurassic World film as well yes. there's probably something there's probably something else happening in June that I've forgotten about but yeah really good month for uh, for content especially obviously with the Toy Story stuff but because um, yeah Umbrella Academy and, Bo- and The Boys going head to head is going to be very interesting for Netflix and, and Amazon but yeah I, I saw a couple of photos and stuff there wasn't a trailer released or anything was it it was just a release they, date I think yeah I mean they put up some photos there, there is a little yeah. tiny video that they put up with it okay. but it's kind of it's basically the photos but they're moving a little bit I mean you, you know I mean it was video but I mean it was the same shots as the photos just you saw them mm-hmm. slightly turned to camera there was a shot of Elliot Page in there who is Vanya and I did wonder whether they were going to alter anything with that or how yeah. he feels about playing that role I, I don't know I, yes mm-hmm. interesting was Elliot pre-transition when they started started filming yes because I saw the photos as well and it does look like the normal look of Vanya at the end of season two at that you know that scene that you were talking about it looks like the same character so I was kind of wondering actually 
because obviously we're going to get the whole thing at once, but they shot it over a period of time. I wonder if that character is going to transition mid-season or if the character is simply just going to stay the same. Uh, I don't mind either way what they do as long as they do justice by it and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I was just thinking about, because I think, yeah, Elliot was transitioning while that was all being filmed or happening. I can't yeah, quite remember, yeah. but I think that was what happened. Because it's been like a year or so. It's been, it's been a while since the second season. Yeah. So. I mean, Vanya's always been a fairly androgynous character in terms of the way she dresses on the show. So having seen Elliot talk in the interviews about the that I'm wondering if that was maybe his choice or something they came up with the costume design to make him more comfortable I don't know it's it's a sort of interesting one but you know they've been incredibly supportive apparently Mm -hmm. which is great I'm very much looking forward to that I mean he's a great actor there's no reason why he shouldn't continue in however they do it I'm up for it and Mm -hmm. with a show like that you could literally go anywhere you like so yeah I'm looking forward to that as well yeah when's that again yeah 22nd of June 22nd of June for Umbrella Academy season three that land moving on to some other news stories there's been a bit more casting for that quantum leap pilot that we mentioned a few weeks ago they've got a few more people that are joining Raymond Lee who has been cast in the sort of a lead role replacing the Scott Bakula character this isn't a reboot it is a continuation series although I mean it's sort of a reboot slash continuation series because it at the moment doesn't have any of the hmm. original cast in it it's a so, kind of revival ish yes it's more of a revival that would be fair I think or as I said in Scream requel <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. When they did the fifth screen film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Quantum Leap, but the original show starred Scott Bakula as Sam Beckett. He was a physicist working on a government experiment into time travel. The government threatens to cut the funding, so Sam takes drastic action, steps into this Quantum Leap accelerator, vanishes from the present day, but becomes trapped in the past, but isn't in his own body. He's leaping into the bodies of somebody else. He's then aided by a hologram of his friend Al, which was played by Dean Stockwell, and the supercomputer Ziggy, the only way he can move between the time periods is to correct something that went wrong in that person's life, allowing him to leap into another random body in another time, hoping that the next leap is the leap that takes him home. So the continuation series sees Raymond Lee, who was in Kevin Can F himself, take the role of Ben Song, who is a world-renowned physicist who has picked up the baton of the Quantum Leap project, started by Dr. Beckett. It's 30 years since Sam stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. So he's now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hope of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. So clearly he's going to end up going into the machine himself and that's where we'll kind of take the story. The new cast that they've added is uh, Ernie Hudson, who of course everybody knows from Ghostbusters. We're playing a character called Herbert Magic Williams, who is a Vietnam veteran who is the head of the time travel project at Quantum Leap. Using a bit of politicking and military know-how to keep the Pentagon at bay. Magic buys the team some time to rescue Ben, but expects answers once he's back. In an interesting little twist, which uh, somebody actually pointed out into the comments, uh, somebody called Rachel, thanks for that. Magic was actually a person that Sam jumped into in the episode A Leap Home Part 2 in the original series. So that's quite an interesting little callback that they've added in. So he's somebody who is familiar presumably with the Quantum Leap project because he was somebody that Sam leapt into 
which I think is an interesting little setup. And Ernie Hudson's great, so I'm interested to see. There's other casting is Nerissa Lee, who plays Jen, head of security at Quantum Leap headquarters. She previously was in Bosch, played Tiffany Hitsu, and uh, she's popped up in things like The Morning Show, American Crime Story, CSI Vegas, and a bunch of other things as well. Madison Alexander Park takes the role of Ian, who is chief architect of uh, the AI program. Park recently played Gren in the short-lived live-action Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. She's also playing Desire in uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman series, which is coming up on Netflix as well. So uh, she's having quite a good year. And there is a newcomer called Caitlin Bassett, who is playing Addison, who is project lead at Quantum Leap HQ, who operates the state-of-the-art technology to communicate with the individual time traveling into the past. So it sounds like that character is going to be the replacement for Al in the series, which is kind of interesting because I thought that would more likely to be the Ernie Hudson character, but it sounds like, unless they're kind of each pop in and out, I don't know. But um, that's the setup for that. The new iteration of the show comes from Stephen Lillian and Brian Wimbrandt, who were co-showrunners on La Brea, which is an NBC series which we talked about, which sounds wonderfully bonkers. As that's the one where a sinkhole opens up in the middle of LA and it's got a primeval world at the bottom of it and like half the people are sucked into this primeval world. Mm-hmm. Mark and Grio, who is the person behind Blindspot, is exec producing it as well. And it's got uh, Don Basario, who is the creator of the original Quantum Leap, is exec producing. So he has got people involved with the original show. They have talked to Scott Bakula about possibly returning as Sam Beckett in some capacity, but they've got to figure that out. It's still to be determined with that. I mean, Quantum Leap's probably before your time. I don't know whether you ever caught any episodes of it. I've heard of it, yeah. I've, I, I never got around to seeing it or whatever. I mentioned this news to my mum, actually, when uh, mm-hmm. when, when, you, when you posted it, because I think you posted it just, just as I got to work, sort of. Right. So uh, I did say to her at the time it was a reboot, and she kind of just laughed a bit. Um, mm. But obviously you said it's a bit more of a revival type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be one interesting one to look at. Obviously, Ernie Hudson's uh, brilliant as well. There's a person obviously from uh, Kevin Can F himself, which is which is good. I love that show. So we'll see how this all works out. This could be sort of like my way of stepping into to it all. So we shall see. Yeah, the original series I think is up on Peacock. So if you want to go and check out a few episodes mm-hmm. of the original show and you've got Sky, it is on Peacock for you to go and look through, I think. Oh, is the box set on there? Yeah, the box set is up on there, okay. the, the original okay. show. So, And it is NBC making this as well. So uh, yeah, we'll, hmm. we'll see whether that actually comes to fruition. It is a pilot, so I mean, it may not go anywhere, but hopefully it does because I do quite like the sound of it and I think the casting's really interesting. Mm-hmm. We're getting towards that sort of renewals and cancellations. We uh, are. Time. We the, are the, the TV um, bloodbath, as we call it. Yes, yeah. the, the the May TV bloodbath that usually happens the first week of May, first second mm. week of May. That and uh, the, or last week of and the CW has been interestingly quiet as well. Yes, so that, usually they're like, "Hey, everybody else is about to renew their shows, but we've already renewed everything." Yeah, so. the the CW usually by February have renewed or cancelled everything. This year they've been very quiet. Part of the reason for that is because of the fact that they are potentially selling the CW, and that's 
put like a stop on them doing their usual kind of fluffy, just renew everything thing. Mm -hmm. Because I suspect they want to be able to make sure that they've got contracts in place that they can remove shows and put them on HBO Max if they need to and all that sort of stuff. That is going to be interesting this year to see what happens because there've been rumors of them selling it and they have talked about potentially selling it, but there's nothing solidly in place for it. But I mean, if they're not selling it, they need to announce something. So whether that comes just much later or whether we do see a bloodbath over there, well, that, that's going to be interesting. Moving on to next news story, God of War is the latest video game that is being looked at to being developed into a TV adaptation. The uh, AAA game titles that are, are kind of running rampant through the TV world right now. The God of War franchise has been around originally since 2005, but really, I mean, it was the 2018 PlayStation 4 release that I think is what yeah, yeah. got this to where it is. So the original series was based very much around Greek mythology, but the 2018 version was switched to being North mythology. Same character, but they kind of moved it into North mythology instead. So it's set in ancient Scandinavia. It follows uh, Krantos, who is voiced by Stargate SG-1's Christopher Judge, who, with his vengeance against the gods of Olympus years behind him, now lives as a man in the realm of Norse gods and monsters. It is in this harsh, unforgiving world that he must fight to survive and teach his son to do the same. That's the sort of basic premise for the game. The potential series is coming from the guys behind The Expanse, who were the uh, creators and exact producers of that, and uh, also the showrunner of the wheel of time as well and it will be a co-production between sony pictures television and playstation productions who are involved in all the game things as well i played a little bit of god of war but not a huge amount of it i don't know whether it's a game that you've been through more depth i uh dipped into the games pre the 2018 revival i played all of the 2018 revival game obviously the god of war ragnarok game that we're supposed to be getting this year yes. uh, is, is a continuation of that and I think that's supposed to be like a new trilogy but yeah it won the game of the year award in 2018 it was up against like Red Dead Redemption 2 as well so mm -hmm. uh, did did quite well yeah Kratos is a very interesting character especially the sort of differences in development between a bit more of this mindless character in the original games and yeah. then having a bit more character and a bit more depth in the 2018 game I think there's quite a lot of actors that could play him as well so you've got your options quite open which is good but yeah Sony's really really dived into the whole PlayStation Productions thing that they're doing because they've got access to some very, very good IP, you know, Last of Us, Uncharted, God of War, Horizon, you know, the list goes on and on, <laughs> especially with like, you know, Gorilla and Insomniac and Naughty Dog and those sorts of studios and their games and everything and Twisted Metal, which I think is getting a TV show or yes. film or something. TV um, show. So that's good. We've had the first of those, which was the Uncharted film, which I didn't think was very good. I think it missed a lot of really key things that made the game mm. shine. Uh, most notably of which a very like strange misuse of the actual theme tune like the way oh, that really? it was used in the film was just really odd certain things with like Sully's character that just weren't there so it was a 
odd kind of yeah. film. Um, but, you know, Last of Us, which is going to be a bit different. That's the HBO thing. I'm really looking forward to that. And obviously you've got the Amazon thing here with uh, God of War. So I have some faith in this one and a lot of faith in the Last of Us TV show that they're doing and stuff. Uh, I don't actually know anything about Twisted Metal, so I'll have to wait and see what no, that one looks like. So I remember you having a conversation with Bex a few weeks ago about game adaptions and which ones we'd all kind of want. I mean, I'd like to just kind of see Uncharted done better, but then I'm also mm. looking forward to seeing what they do with The Last of Us. There's a lot of really good people involved in that, like the cast. You've got um, Craig Mazin, obviously you've got Neil Druckmann, who's very important to have there, and the prestige of HBO mm. and stuff. So uh, you've got the prestige of Amazon, obviously basically unlimited money at this point. Yes. <laughs> Unless Lord of the Rings uses all their money up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they can do, especially in terms of the character depth, because I do hope that they put it more towards the 2018 version of Kratos, who's got just more personality and that type of thing, which is sort of what you need for when you're watching the whole thing as opposed to playing it. So we'll see. Yeah, it is interesting the amount of games that are, are being developed right now. I yeah, mean, we've few. got Fallout coming from Amazon, which is from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who are the people behind Westworld. Mm-hmm. That looks like it's going to be really good. Last of Us, of course, is very much in production right now. In fact, they may even have done all the photography for it, I think. You've got Resident Evil live action and animated series at Netflix. You've got Halo, obviously, at Paramount+. Plus. The Witcher, which I know technically is based on the books, but you've got The Witcher ever at Netflix. Peacock are doing Twisted Metal with Anthony Mackie taking the lead role, which is is going oh, yeah. down yeah. a sort of more comedy route because of the type of game it is. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some really, really interesting stuff coming out of there. And um, it's nice to see video games being recognised for actually having narrative and being a valid sort of thing to be able to adapt. I'm really intrigued by this. Uh, and I like Norse mythology things. I'm just, it's it's going to be interesting with God of War to see where they go with it and whether this actually makes it. Because, I mean, Amazon are looking at it right now, but I mean, again, it's another one of those things that is a potential series, not a greenlit series so far. So we'll see. Yeah. Moving on to another definite spin-off thing, HBO Max have ordered the Batman spin-off limited series, which is currently known as The Penguin. So obviously it follows Colin Farrell's character from the movie. It's given a straight-to-series order, Colin Farrell in the title role, expands upon the world filmmaker Matt Reeves has created for Warner Brothers' global blockbuster The Batman and centres on Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. The Penguin, played by Farrell in the film. I mean, we don't know any more about it than that. I've not actually seen The Batman yet. You've seen it, haven't you? So Mm -hmm. um, I I am generally told that he is one of the standout roles in the movie from what I've been reading around the people seem to really really like him I, a lot of people didn't seem to even realise it was Colin Farrell underneath that makeup because the makeup's really quite impressive for that mm. um, a sort of gangster thing set around Gotham yeah I, I'm up for this I mean obviously it's not going to have the Batman in it but I think there's quite a lot you can use the Penguin for because I think he's one of the more grounded characters generally in the Batman universe because he is more of a straight out and out gangster yeah my only sort of not problem with this idea but I kind of would like more shows centered around the Bat family which looks like we're going to get that with Gotham Knights and whatnot and yeah. you know it didn't, it didn't quite work out with Batwoman and we've got the uh, Batgirl film coming up which I'm really looking forward to you got like Brandon Fraser and some really interesting people involved with that and so that's uh, supposed to have Michael Keaton's Batman in it I believe yes so I'm, I'm looking forward to that it's just I know this isn't going to be the same thing as Gotham but Gotham spent it's five was it five seasons 
seasons, yeah. Yeah. Exploring the villains and sometimes too many of them at once and it didn't quite do it to the best of its ability, but that's a thing of its own. But Penguin and Riddler were two of the very like vocal lead characters in that show, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just not quite right now I'm just not quite interested in seeing more stuff focused on the villains because we had five full seasons of that in Gotham. Mm-hmm. I just want to see I, I mean I know Titans sort of did it with the multiple Robins and obviously eventually Nightwing and stuff and that did it in its in its own way. But I'm more interested in kind of seeing more of like Red Hood and Nightwing and the different Robins and more Batman and that sort of stuff as opposed to seeing Penguin again and Riddler again and all these kind of things. I think this is going to be a good show. I'm not saying it's not going to be. And there is a, I think there's a second off as well which is supposed to be happening which is supposed to be based around Arkham Asylum which again is kind of just focusing mostly on the villains and stuff the only thing which is going to make this better than probably Gotham is the fact that it's probably going to have better writing and production and stuff like that because Gotham did get a bit carried away with itself at certain points yes I'm just simply more interested in seeing the Bat family as opposed to another show which is great. This is more focused on Penguin as, oppo- as opposed to, you know, every single Batman villain. But I just, I'm not really quite up for another Batman show with the villains at the center in Gotham without Batman. I kind of want yeah, more. Yeah, I know what you mean. That type of thing. So yeah. um, I'm sure this I'm sure this will be good. I thought Colin Farrell was very good as Penguin. It's also the fact that in terms of Batman's rogues gallery, Penguin's not really one that I'm not that interested in. Right. Uh, I kind of want to see like Deathstroke take some time on the big screen and maybe Mr. Freeze come back we haven't seen him since what Arnold Schwarzenegger's character we've had him in like the Arkham games and stuff but he's kind of overdue to come back and just had a lot of Riddler and Penguin in uh, obviously we had them in this Batman film because you got Paul Dano's Riddler but you kind of did those characters to death in Gotham and I just like I'm good on those characters so (laughs) yeah yeah. how do you feel about all of that I suppose I don't know I mean I've not seen the film yet so I can't specifically judge Uh this version of it I do get exactly what you're saying and we are getting hero things coming you know more Bat Family things coming you know like you say we've got the Gotham Knights thing we've got Gotham Knights you've Although that's more of a CW show. And right. I, I think that's the other thing is tonally they are so different. And yeah, you do get that with the comic books as well, but it's the disjointedness of everything. They've <laughs> they've decided at this point that they live in a multiverse and these things are going to sit separately from each other. So you've got, now got the film Batman with Robert Patterson and these spin-off TV series, because there was one that was supposed to be based around Gotham PD as well. I think that one was t- has been kind of turned into the Arkham right, okay. show. You've got that film and those TV spin-offs. Then you've got the sort of multiverse kind of stuff that's come out of the Snyderverse things with that version of Flash, and then you've got the Michael Keaton Batman and all the stuff that's going to be going on with the Flashpoint film and then you've got the CW stuff and then you've got the Titans universe stuff and Doom Patrol and so it's just all over the place um, Mm -hmm. which I mean he's fine but I don't know it's funny how they've kind of gone from being we must be Marvel to being we're going to be as far away as possible and just throw random stuff everywhere which is what they ended up doing um, rather than trying to create any connected universe it's like they gave up because marvel beat them and just threw all their toys out of the front and just said right <laughs> fine we're gonna do it we're not gonna make anything connected so yes yeah. i don't know it's just kind of interesting and i mean it does give them creatively more freedom be- 
because it does allow them to do things which are tonally very different because I think it would be quite difficult to take something which is quite as dark as the Matt Reeves version of Batman and stick him in with something that may be a little bit lighter and I, I that might jar a little bit so it does allow you to maybe make different interesting films but um, mm. yeah I don't know it's all a little weird for yeah. this particular one as I say I've not seen Colin Farrell in this role I do want to see the Batman movie and I know there was a lot of praise given to his portrayal in there so who knows I just I find it really odd how disjointed everything has become and nothing seems to be connected to anything else but we'll, we'll see I mean that they have given a series order to that so that is coming most definitely the the thing with because obviously they're doing the two different spin-offs which is this penguin thing and then the uh the arkham asylum ish sort of show which is just very very similar to gotham the problem is with them doing the thing that i'd like which is focusing on bat family is batman in the batman is kind of very new to that so mm-hmm. it's way too early to introduce like yeah. robin and batgirl you know all this kind of stuff so obviously we we knew that anyway we knew that this was like a year two batman so but that's fine you know you got you tell the story with batman first and then you work towards everything else so we'll see how it works out yeah and, <laughs> and i mean if you want more bat family stuff to connect with you have got michael keaton's batman to be able to do that mm-hmm. which is what in bad girl which i'm looking forward so, to yeah yeah so uh, there, there are options there so that's all the news we've got for this week just some time for highlights for next week on tv <laughs> So the highlights for next week on TV kick off with the return of the shows previously known as the Marvel Netflix series, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Punisher and The Defenders. They are all landing on the 16th of March on Disney Plus. So you will be able to get them on Disney Plus UK in the US as well. They also land on the same date. So this week. Yes, that is this week. That is this Wednesday. So uh, Mm -hmm. they all land on Wednesday on Disney Plus. So if you've not had Netflix, before and you've not seen any of those already they all will be there for you to watch and enjoy what brand is that going under i don't know i mean technically it should probably go under the star brand but yeah because they're 18 rated shows but i mean some of that stuff they kind of ditch the star brand slightly yeah so um, it doesn't come up as much now does it <laughs> no no i mean they'll be under the marvel tab i would assume anyway right, right outside of that coming to sky comedy we've got blood season two landing on the 16th of march having been bounced around the schedules but they now actually have settled on a date 16th of March for Blood Season 2 that lands over on Netflix Top Boy Season 4 that returns on the 18th of March I think that's the second season on Netflix but it's the fourth season overall Human Resources which is a workplace comedy set in the world of monsters from the creators of Big Mouth so it's sort of a spin-off from Big Mouth that's coming on the 18th of March we have We Crashed which is a limited series about the story of the Greedful rise and inevitable fall of WeWork, one of the world's most valuable startups. That is coming on the 18th of March to Apple TV+. Plus. Sandition, which is the TV show which was cancelled and then miraculously revived by BritBox based on the Jane Austen unfinished final novel. That is returning for a second season. Uh, it's landing on BritBox first and that will be from the 21st of March. I think it does go on to ITV at a much later date, but it's going to be airing first on Brickbox because they paid for it so uh, mm-hmm. the Brickbox UK are getting that that's on the 21st of March for Sendition Season 2 
Riverdale returns for the second half of season six, which whatever weird craziness is going on still over there. Going, eh? He's still going. <laughs> that's 21st yeah. of March for I also check um, Alex Myers' YouTube channel. Yes, because I know <laughs> that's how you that in a while. <laughs> catch up on that. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Peacemaker season one, that lands on uh, Skymax and on now from the 22nd of March at 10pm. That is landing. That's all the stuff coming for the next week on TV. Lots of things to get through. If people want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you, Matt? You can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org or search for Entertainment Talk on your podcast platform of choice to find us over there. Uh, TV, games, films, Man United podcasts. I did a big episode for the United cast, which was called Who Should Stay and Who Should Go, uh, going through all 35, I think 35 players in the squad, looking at who should be sold, who should stay, and we're going to lose about five players by the end of the season anyway because their contracts are running out. So a bit a big rebuild is kind of needed. So we, I talked about all of that, uh, including obviously recent results with the games. Ronaldo got a hat-trick of the weekend, which was very, very good. good. Me and David are still covering Walking Dead stuff. We got uh, some chunk of episodes for the B side of season 11 still to cover. Uh, a couple of film reviews I did recently, the Batman included, uh, Turning Red, which I absolutely loved, and also reviewed uh, Uncharted recently as well. And uh, just a bunch of other different discussion podcasts and obviously the Gaming Talk podcast that went out on Sunday. We talked about some different stuff there. Just wanted to drop this in here as well for anyone that's uh, a gamer that's interested. Um, Sony did a state of play last week. Just seen a piece of news pop up. There's going to be one on the seven, uh, Thursday 17th of March. There's going to be another state of play. And it says here it's going to feature 14 minutes of Hogwarts Legacy gameplay, which Ooh. I'm looking forward to. So yeah. uh, quite interesting. They've done two very close together. But mm. uh, you can check all that out. That's going to be obviously on YouTube. But yeah, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. I'm also streaming on Twitch, eTalk UK for all that. You can find those archived later on YouTube, Entertainment Talk plays, as well as a bunch of fun COD clips and weird stuff that happens over there. So uh, check all that out. That's me. Yep. So go and check Matt out over on entertainmenttalk.org. For other people involved in the show, you can find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash TristaBytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. We be streaming daily and various evenings for lots of fun retro game things and uh, just chatting streams and all sorts of other wonderful silliness over there so go and check bets out at twitch.tv forward slash trista bites for daryl you can go and find him on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv series that you love that are shot in canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout where you can see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.